Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Uh, is no shortage of shit to talk about this week. <laughs> the, the question is, what do we lead with? Well, man, there's, there's so much that uh, I'm I'm honestly ready to talk about just about anything that happened. I'm over-informed, right? My brain is going to explode. But I I don't really know what I want to talk about. Like, wh- what is it that uh, I thought was – what happened that was really important this week? I mean, so much of it, but – Well, I mean, just start at Sunday. You had the Facebook guy. Then you got what Fresno, then you got what Bill O'Reilly, and then oh, you, know, and, that, you mean Berkeley? No, no Berkeley was Fre- no Berkeley. No Berkeley. Berkeley was also Sunday, Sunday Saturday. No Fresno. Yeah, the guy, the guy both. killed people in Fresno. That was this week, wasn't it? Jesus, I if, if there's yes. a guy went on a killing spree in Fresno, I I missed that one somehow. Uh, yeah, black black militant dude, uh, Nation oh. of Islam guy that shot up some white people because they were white. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, There's shit in Paris. I mean, shit. Well, you know, as far I, I, I guess I, we can talk about. You talk about the shootings in general. I just. I don't know that I want to get into the nitty gritty of of each one, you know. And on, if I do have a blind spot from what went down this week, uh, it's Berkeley. The dumbest riot ever. Pure clusterfuck. I, I didn't even know yeah. what an Antifa was. Oh, it was all over Donald Trump's. Well, speaking of Berkeley, too, you got that shit with uh, Ann Coulter going on at the University of Berkeley. Or I thought she didn't go on. Oh, yeah, that's well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that that then I'm just saying that whole situation. Oh, the royal in... going on. <laughs> I gotcha. I mean shit. Which. I don't know. I mean, like, Ann Coulter is just, she's your, maybe she's a little bit more extreme than your typical Republican, but she's not that far out wacky like somebody like Milo. Yeah, she ain't Milo. Here's the fucked up thing. She was considered far out and radical right 10 years ago. I think because she spoke her mind. In a way that Milo does, but I, she she's never said anything, not that I've heard, that was as radical as, as shit that Milo would say. But all I'm no, saying no, is I'm, that I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you. It's just that's how that's how fucking oh, far right. crazy it's gotten in ten years' time. Right. And she used to go on. She used to go on Bill Maher, and I thought they were going to lynch that bitch. <laughs> but if you're not if you're not even prepared to debate. Um, debate her then who are you going to debate in this party because that's your opposition there you know you're gonna have to talk to these people at some point 
I almost understand somebody like Milo, but uh, what's her nuts? It's, it's just insane. First of all, she's kind of an easy target because while in debate situations, she can just uh, kind of talk over people and do the Fox News style shit. If she's going to get up there and and run, have a, a speech for, I don't know, what, a half hour, four to five minutes, two hours, I have no idea how long she would go on for. All I have to do is somebody transcribes that shit, everybody facts check, fact checks it, and then you throw it up on your Facebook or your website or whatever and be like, here's all the shit you got wrong. Because your Tumblr page? It's so easy. That's why she works better on television than in print, not because of her blonde hair, but because in print, people can just go through it line by line and fact check and go, this bitch is crazy. I don't know where she's getting her information from. Yeah, but does that even matter anymore? I mean, I remember Joe Marr talking about right before the election, one of the, I can't remember what debate it was, but they fact checked everything that both candidates said. And Trump was somewhere in the 70s as far as lying flat out when he was up there talking. And Hillary was in 70% lie or or 70% truth? Lies. Okay. okay. (laughs) And and Hillary Hillary was damn near close to 40% herself. And I was like, this is, so we have someone that damn near lies all the time and someone that lies half the time. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't give a shit. We talked about him looking like he was humping his chair and everything else. We just didn't give a shit about the, I mean, maybe some people did. I know I, we brought it up at the time, but the majority of people just don't seem to give a fuck. They're like, yeah, we get lied to by politicians. That's what they do. So the truthful, truthfulness of a politician doesn't even seem to matter anymore. I mean, unless he's on the opposite side of you. Hey, welcome to show 181, everybody. We started midstream again. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, Rich, I mean, uh, I keep, I feel like I use this as a crutch in every podcast, but all bets are off since November 8th. Apparently so, and we joke about no, like, post-truth America. But I, well, I just don't like the fact that the, don't don't the, mark the date. The, what the date? The date is in your mind because that's yes. when we realized this. That isn't when so it all crystallized. That's not when it started. It started way before then, and we did just now caught up to it. I just don't like the precedent that's being set of places like. Uh, Berkeley, where if you'd shout enough about you don't like who's going to come and speak, they shut it down. That's not how that, that... Isn't that like the complete opposite of what's supposed to go on at college? Isn't college supposed to be where everybody openly shares their ideas? Okay. I feel, I mean, I feel you, like this is a, a point we've made before. At, at a certain point, though, I mean, the college has a responsibility to just go, if people are going to act crazy, we got to shut this down. Regardless of who we think's right or wrong, but at the same time, they need to do something to get those people out of there. That way, they can't keep pulling that shit over and over. If you want to act, if you want to act like such a fucking raving lunatic that you force a college to cancel speakers who they've paid and took time to book, then you don't need to be going to that college. You need to be fucking expelled. Sorry. And I, I just I don't understand why colleges let uh, you know. 
ten percent of people that m maybe if that's what out of everyone that's it's enrolled there is out there protesting, ten percent of people cause so much shit that they just start canceling. You know, like I said, speeches, presentations. They've planned and paid for months in advance. Well, I mean, fuck that, man. I, I'm sorry. You have you, that's that's what you do in grade school, and you don't get your ways. You throw a temper tantrum and you destroy shit. These people are adults and they're in college and they're acting like children. So treat them like children. Bounce their ass out. You know what? They can go flip a pizza and drop some fries. Just because someone from the other team is coming to give a speech, it doesn't mean they don't have the right to give that speech. Like that, I just don't like the precedence. I mean, we're already the squeaky wheel society. I just, to me, this is taking it to another level. Oh, what? You don't like the person we book? Fine, we'll shut it down. No. And there's a difference between if they're out there protesting, chanting, singing songs, whatever the fuck. I don't care about that. But when you start committing acts of violence to get your way, and the people and and, and the people and and. It, I don't even know how the school, how schools can, how colleges can go. Okay, well, we're just going to give in to them. Really? That's the inmates running the asylum at that point, man. I mean, well, I, yeah, but what? But what is their alternative when violence starts? What is their alternative? When the college violence, is al the, the college's alternative. Do when exactly say, what the police do when they when they have these when they have these videos and shit that people are. Posting after fucking riots and stuff break out. Go that's, through them. Identify who you can. That's post. I'm talking about in the moment. If you, when you say that the colleges give in to them by you know canceling the the speech by uh, Milo they, or or Ann Coulter or whoever it is, we I mean, could do this novel thing called arresting people who are breaking the law. If someone's throwing a rock through a fucking window, put some handcuffs on. That's Here's not now. That's how no. That's how we we react to <laughs> violent to violence in general. I'm talking about the the college. You said the college gives into them. Yes, the first right. time that shit starts. Lo well, let me call it. Go ahead. The, co the college gives into into the students right by and I'm by canceling the event. Is that the is that what you're saying? Yes, it gives okay. it to a small but vocal minority of the student body because so what, it doesn't want any bad fucking press. So what is the colleges or universities, whatever the establishment is, what is their alternative course of action? They could tell them if they don't like it, they don't have to attend. It's Do not a required thing. event. I'm talking, okay, you're on faculty. You're running this event. There's violence breaking out outside. What is your call? Call the to campus get out there police. with the megaphone and, and yes, okay, and had, and and then what? The event Aaron, goes on, at, and the, the and the crowd the, continues to protest, and the violence continues. Aaron, I, what happens is they lay out a zero tolerance policy. They wait for the next event. The shit will break out like it always does. They fucking shut the event down, and then they fucking follow through with the punishments, and and the threat of punishment that they've given students who are out there fucking destroying property. I 100% agree with you on that. That's the only, you're not going to just do something one time in the middle of an event and stop them all from there. But you can, they're going to happen. All right. right. It's just going to so, happen. And so what you do is you just punish so, them so severely that other people are like, do I really want to throw away the rest of my life over 
throwing rocks through a Starbucks window because I'm pissed. Right. No, and this Probably is what not. I want to clarify because I agree with you on that. The college's proper response is to actually try and find out who's who's causing violence at these events and make sure that they don't get on campus anymore. But if you want to lambaste a, a university for actually canceling the event where violence has broken out, I don't see how you could do that because I think any person in in that uh, with that responsibility would make that call. I mean, canceling, anywhere. Canceling, Forget about can- it. It's a it's a it's a speech by somebody controversial. You're having a concert or something, or an art at an art gallery at an opening or something, and violence for some freaky reason breaks out. Be like, okay, close up shop. Whatever this is going, whatever's going on here is making these people violent and throwing things. Next step is usually flipping the car over and setting it on fire. So let's just stop before it gets to that point. You don't really have any other options when you are in the moment. My problem isn't so much when you do it the first time. When you do it the second time, now you set the precedent. When you do it the first time, you you can just write it off as shit got out of hand, we shut it down. Let's you address be, this. Make sure it doesn't happen right. again. You do it now. You do it a second time. Now you've just let the you've let the angry mob know. Hey, we just got to get out of line, and we can shut down anything we want. No, that's BS. No, no, no. You see, you had me there for a second, but I'm in any case, even if it happens all the time, if violence is breaking out, you have to shut down the event. Your response is to, like what Rich was saying, to actually find the perpetrators and make sure they're off campus, whether they are students or not. That is your appropriate response, and that will naturally quell the, the uh, desire to actually start throwing rocks, punches, flipping shit over, whatever it is, all the shit that is unnecessary and just people letting their emotions get the better of them, and possibly just have them protest in the ways that in peaceful ways I think now too I I think that they have a right to protest just as much as the person who speaks has a right who says nobody has a right to to protest no I'm just qualifying what I'm saying here but I just think you get to a you get to a level of violence it just to me, it it's just seems vi- like that's, we're not talking about. This we're is not the debating time, protest. But this is the second time at Berkeley they've done this. This is now a precedent. This now says to the student body at Berkeley, at UC Berkeley, "Hey, make enough fucking noise." No, and- come on. What? Look, yes, that's true. Make enough noise, cause violence. You can shut down any event, and that is appropriate for a response to. Ha- to have the event shut down is the appropriate response when there's violence. That's just the fact. Like, you want to make people scared? Wave a gun, okay? That's just that's the reaction that you're going to get in the moment. It's not setting a precedent to shut down the event. It is the logical reaction to it. The precedent that is set is not having any consequences afterwards. That's what encourages people to use violence in order to get their way in the situation. Not the lack of shutting down an event. You can't go, well, you got us last time when you got out of hand and started punching people and, and tipping shit over. 
but we're not going to let you get us this time. If you, if you punch somebody, that's on you, and this event's going on regardless. That's not going to solve anything. Yeah, then let your cops be cops. Because that's it. In that situation, those are... What does that mean? Those are really the, that, that, those are really the only consequences. Arrest people. Fucking, I don't know, hit him in the side of the head with a nightstick because you try that no, shit like no. not on a college campus. That's what a real cop's going to do to you. Well, one of the things that hasn't even been mentioned by us so far is that when you look at the, the, the Berkeley tax day protest, <laughs> a lot of those people... Oh. <laughs> I know. To, to I me, know, that is protesting jumping the shark is that fucking protest. Well, what are we going to call it? The, 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 the dumpster rumble protest? <laughs> I mean, that's the only other thing. Yeah. Just Moldy aerial locks. shots of that. They're humorous. Moldy Locks gets socked, you know, um, looking for her thousand or hundreds Nazi scalps. I mean, uh, it, it, the thing is, a lot of those people that were involved in it were not students, period. You've got groups that are now starting to go from school to school with these protests. They show up. They're in all black. They got their face covered. They're, they're sporting empty bottles empty liquor bottles, throwing them at people, throwing M80s, lit M80s at people, throwing M80s in a, a lit M80 in a bottle and throwing it at people. I mean, and then you have the fucking crazies, the, the white nationalist alt-right, whatever the fuck they're being called this week showing up, and those people are bringing bats and bars and shit to this thing. They're ready to go. These people are just... That's why I said, I kind of understand why the police chief in Berkeley... One of the people that was filming everything walked up to like three or four different cop cars and said, why are you guys sitting back and letting them go at each other? And he, they all said, I don't know, ask the police chief. If I'm the police chief, fuck me, go in there and kill yourselves. We'll sort you out later. I, there's no way, I agree with Chris, there's no way they can respond that's not going to get them in trouble. If they go in there using force to break that up, both sides are going to scream that they were being beat on and their rights were being violated, so the police are the bad guys. If they let it fucking fizzle itself out, then they're the bad guys because they let people get hurt and stood by the side. There's really no win in this situation that I see. These, are, this, 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 these anti-fascist protesters, these white nationalists, these are not people that are interested in reasoning and coming to compromise and stopping anything. They just want to protest and break, and break shit. I mean, that's all there is to it. So, and fight over a dumpster. I, literally. Well, if you're going to... The crazy thing about this is, while I can, I can sometimes sympathize, where I understand the level of, of frustration that a lot of people are feeling on both sides of all these r ridiculous arguments. But nothing has gotten to the level where somebody needs to be punched, even. It really hasn't. I don't care what type of racist ideas you have in your head. It still doesn't escalate to level. If Martin Luther King was fighting for just basic civil rights for black people in this country, and even at that point didn't say, this is worth punching somebody. Or, hey, I have a dream, and if you see a Nazi, you punch that motherfucker. I don't remember that in his speech. <laughs> That's a first draft. So Someone read that and went, hey, Doc, doc you got changes. Coretta went, Coretta went, now come here, come here, Martin. You know we can't have this. Like, okay, so seeing somebody who you think is racist get punched kind of feels good, right? I mean, 
I can't deny that. That, that to me, the idea, that, the the general idea of a Nazi getting punched or a racist getting punched is like, yeah, well, there you go. But I myself would never. I would never punch somebody over that. They'd have the to they'd really have to strike me for it. Actually, they'd probably have to strike me twice. And then when I realized it wasn't going to stop unless I defended myself, would I then start punching back? Because I'm that much of a pacifist. <laughs> the irony of that was lost on everybody, of an anti-fascist, anti-authoritarian person punching somebody because they don't like what they're saying. Yeah, that's what Am I the only person in the fucking country who just thought that was just irony illustrated yeah, it's, at its fucking core? It's perfect, because that's what a fascist is. When you don't do what they say then they resort to violence that's what I'm saying you are an anti-fascist punching someone because you don't like what they're saying uh if you don't like I said if you don't see it like I'm not going to draw you a picture if you don't see the irony in that I don't think they consider themselves anti-fascist in the first place I think they consider themselves some sort of hyphenated anarchism something or another that's what it seems like to me it seems like a lot of the articles I read from these people and the information that they pass on and the tactics that they they use it, it, I don't think they're trying to make a point I think they're just trying to cause shit for the sake of it I mean you show up you show up at a you show up at a protest and start chucking lit M80s into a crowd taking a broken bottle trying to carve people up and you're on the side of supposedly peace and, and, and reasoning, logical thinking. Come on, man. These people are too far gone to even bother with. They, what they really should have done is let them keep going and then slowly walked in and arrested people. And then just, okay, if you're on the, if they're, if you're on the ground, you're not moving, we'll send you to the hospital, but we're going to charge your ass with something later. Oh. I, 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 I just don't know what else to say, but, man. These people don't care. All you can really say is... Yeah, the cops should be there and they should do their jobs, okay? What can you say beyond that? Because none of us are cops and none of us have ever been in a situation where we were, at least that I know of, actually been in a crazy mob like that, much less been awarded the authority to try and control and tame that crazy mob. What the fuck do you do in that moment? I don't know. Well, what Ryan cares for? Apparently the police commissioner okay. said, made his decision no. and said, hang back. I mean, didn't didn't we go through this with uh, Detroit with their new police chief a few years ago when they were talking about the the crime rate and the response time for nine one one and police to show up? And he said, "Well, then I advise every citizen who legally can to go out and get a handgun and protect yourself." Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a point where you, you realistically have to look at a situation and go, "We can't do anything," because I, I truly believe anything the cops did besides backing off and letting that situation burn itself out was going to be seen as an act of aggression. And those cops weren't even in riot gear, at least the ones I saw. The ones I saw that were hanging back around the edges of this shit were just in regular old patrol cars, regular patrol gear. Right. These are the people that freaked out when Kylie Jenner gave that cop a Pepsi. What the fuck are they going to do if I go over there? <laughs> I have to say one of the best videos I saw from all this is some guy, I think he probably was just, I don't think he was on the side, 
like of either of the protesters, but he just saw an opportunity to goof on people. So he quickly ran and grabbed a can of Pepsi and started walking around videotaping himself trying to offer it to protesters. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Finally, the, the video ended when some dude snatched it from him and threw it at another person. He was like, oh, I guess Pepsi doesn't make the world go round or some shit like that. Just fucking with people. It was, it was pretty amusing, I had to admit. Wow. All he wanted was a Pepsi. Just exactly. Pepsi. And you wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> yeah, and thank you, Pepsi, for making me know Kylie Jenner's name. Yeah. Thanks for putting another one of them dipshits in the zeitgeist. That's what we needed, right? Another another one. That is Yay. the one, right? That was in the Pepsi commercial? Uh, yeah, yes. I think she's okay. the youngest one, so now they, they're going to have to start pimping their fucking next generation of... of uh, Kardashians, because they've already pimped the entire ge- generation that they have. So, oh, don't worry, we're not too far away from the East, West, North, South show. No <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, hey, you well, since so, so you talk about videos, speaking of videos, that did you guys watch that uh, any of that stuff with that Steve Stevens guy? That that whole shebang bang. Of the three videos I've seen, I've watched the two. I've I watched the one, the one where he's basically in a parking lot explaining why what's going to happen happens, and then after he kills the guy, there's a video of him recording himself driving his car, calling his boy very calmly, going, "Yeah, I did it. I snapped. No, I'm not joking, man. No." And then another call happens. He puts him on call waiting, and he seems like he's having a good old time with this, just cool, calm, and collected. So that's. I yeah, didn't see the video where he shot him. Clearly, the guy was insane. I, I mean, this this urge must have built up inside of him, and it was a relief when he finally got to just go, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to kill a random person. This guy was sick. Uh, man, that's snapping on a level I haven't ever seen before. Usually, I've seen people that like, snap, and they just lash out at people around them. He was just very calmly like, yeah, this bitch broke my heart, and that's why all these people are going to have to die. I'm like, what the fuck? How does how do you even equate those two things? Yeah, that one video where it's like, well, now I'm gonna have to kill a whole bunch of people and try to get on death row. I was like, whoa, like this guy, like this. Yeah, this so- I don't know, man. This guy's a sociopath. Like he was just because he was just so calm about everything. Like, right. This uh, this uh, wasn't a bad breakup that drove a man to the edge. This was a sick individual. As was the yeah, he, as uh, was the guy in uh, in Fresno. Yeah, the more and more that comes out about that, yeah, uh, I read something today that his they're they're already laying the groundwork. Uh, his uh, attorney brought up the fact that he may not be mentally competent to stand yeah, trial because no I guess in his arrange his arrangement he was just shouting out a whole bunch of shit, like talking about reparations, like seriously, like just just being on that militant shit during his arraignment. Yeah, but I mean that—that's a guy more where his behavior. That's a guy where I'm more apt to believe that guy snapped. Like th- this other guy, like dude, that's just fucking like to me. I just think that's like a Hannibal Lecter type fucking shit. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I can as far as sociopath. I can see that. But it, it really is when you think about it, because he was just so calm about it, and no, and no point did he panic at all. I've heard the audio of the video where he shot the guy, and he just walked up to the guy and very calmly talked to him. Didn't raise his voice or anything. And then he was like, say this chick's whatever, Joy Lane, say her name. 
And he's like, John, I don't know any Joy Lane. He's like, well, I just wanted you to say the name of the person that's causing this to happen. And apparently he shot him. Jesus. Just walked away. I mean, dude, there was no, I've, like I said, hearing that audio, there was no screaming, yelling on his part whatsoever. I mean, no hesitation either. He just went up, started talking to the guy, say this chick's name, boom, shot him. So, but I mean, isn't isn't this another in a in a, in a line of these fucked up, jacked up, fucking twenty year olds that somehow over relationships? No, this guy was thirty seven. This guy is my age. He's thirty seven. Yes, I was gonna say he didn't look young. No, this guy is in. Uh, this guy is a peer of us, gentlemen. This guy is in our age group. Uh, okay, age group. Yes, he, peer. He really has no. <laughs> I know, right? Come on. <laughs> oh, whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> then this guy is just a fucking ep- a loser of just amazing proportions, or he was. I I mean, really, dude. I've been all fucked up over a breakup and shit. Never was it like I'm just going to start killing random people. Well, obviously, because you're not all the, mentally all the, ill. All the, all the murder I planned was, you know, that bitch and the dude I caught her with. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, hey, there's an old man. Let me shoot him. You were going to know your victims? <laughs> what is it Chris Titus said? Uh, he said, if you've never com- contemplated suicide, you've never been in love. And if you've never contemplated murder, you've never been divorced. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) But, no, man, dude, okay, the guy's 37, and he's sitting there bitching about, he can't get girls to fucking pay attention to him. Everyone, they all take him for granted. Really, dude? Yeah. Chris, you and I talked about it. At a certain point, just go to a fucking hooker. If, to get your fucking needs taken care of and get on with your fucking life, man. Well, yeah, but you're not talking to a sane person, though. <laughs> it, there, there was no cure except for maybe some medication and talking to somebody. Ironically, he was a He's counselor. He's a counselor. Yeah, I was going to say. I, that, that just, yeah. as, as you said that, Aaron, it popped in my head. That maybe that was his problem. He counseled at-risk youth. All these, all these ri- at-risk youths were filling up his small brain pan with his, uh, with all their problems. Yeah. Um, Got to get to Jack Donaghy over to put him in his mind vice and crush him. <laughs> crush it. <laughs> to me, this is one another incident though, because I mean, initially everyone thought I was on Facebook Live, and then it was just a video that he posted to Facebook. Right. This is going to be another situation where this is why we can't have nice things. Like, I don't know. I've been on the road. I'm in Oregon. It's 420 yesterday. You know, my brain may have gone down some rabbit holes. But this might be, like, behavior like this and, like, what? In the last few months, there's been, what, two rapes, that kidnapping slash ass whooping, and then... Uh, there, there was an... Uh, there was another one that wasn't I... There another, wasn't there an actual murder that was on... Guy, uh, Facebook Live. A guy posted video of him molesting his two-year-old daughter. I think it may, might have been a stepdaughter, yeah. but what? But this is going to create, dude. Like everyone always. I mean, first of all, it, it's pretty prevalent now. But you know, the whole oh, Big Brother, all that. I mean, you got a cell phone. I mean, I get there are probably three devices in my fucking uh, field of vision right now that can tell people where I am. 
But this is really going to turn into one of those things that creates a big brother type. This is going to lead to everything you post online being curated, like this kind of shit. I mean, the last few months, like, we, we have shown, we, I think Rich said, we have shown we should not, everyone should not have a TV station. <laughs> like, we Facebook Live, just like... Uh, I'm starting to think it's a failed experiment, and just a, like I said, even though this wasn't live, just still, this is going to just start. This is going to start leading to everything you do online being curated. Okay, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's stuff that we don't want to see on Facebook, and these examples are among them. I can't speak for everyone. There are sick individuals who do want to see that, obviously. But in general, your average Facebook user doesn't want that to come up. And so they cry to Facebook. You've got to remove this. Why aren't you filtering this? You're letting murders be broadcast on here. This is outrageous. And certainly, Facebook does have some policing over its content. We know that firsthand from our attempts to promote the Weedsman podcast. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, we can't. They won't take our money to promote the Weedsman podcast. Right. Where, you know, we all got medical cards. It's legal in like four states. See? We can't. You won't. You're too good to take our fucking money to boost our post about our podcast about weed. But yeah, sexual assaults, fucking people getting kidnapped, murders. We're good with that. That's just like, the thing. For everything yeah, that, that is. Stuck in my craw this week. For everything that is posted that people complain about or are offended by, there's just as many who are having their content fucked with and are either confused or know why and are still pissed because they think it's unfair. Our pot, our, the podcast being amongst them, uh, one of the more famous recent examples was, uh, I think it was a museum that had posted the famous picture I believe it was in Vietnam. I guess it could have been Korea. I don't even know how far it goes back. But the little girl, the little nude girl running down the street, running from a napalm attack. I'm sure you've seen. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen this black and white photo, and yep. it's horrific. But it's uh, it's a world famous photo, and that was posted, and and Facebook took it down. Hey, you can't post nude girls running down the street. So we want more of what Facebook is already bad at doing. Like we want Facebook to do more policing, and in, meanwhile, the policing that it does already. I mean, you could just you could say that we want you to be better at it. But what does even being better at it mean? We want you to be better at being our parents, about knowing ahead of time what isn't isn't going to offend us. So. We essentially then want you to tailor our content to actually curate it. Now, we understand that there's filters and you, know, you have your advertisers that you need to take money from so that, that you can push their posts and whatnot. But what is, I, I don't, not only do I not understand what the appropriate response from Facebook should be other than, well, that's the internet for you. I'm not sure what, the people want the people that are outraged by the fact that there are things that the horrible things rapes murders suicides being posted on facebook being taken down but once they're out there they're out there so they're 
they're outraged that this is happening in the first place. But what is your solution? Because... I mean, it probably goes back to Facebook in 2008. You can type things and share pictures. That's it. I mean, it... Okay, but no, because no, but it mean, doesn't stop there. Because if you no, take no, no, away you, Facebook Live, you can still share video. Look, you've got to you've got to broaden your horizon on this because it, we're it's all information can be offensive, right? I can write a post that could be more offensive than you know ver, a video of somebody being murdered. So it's not just about a video or a photo; it's about content period who polices the content and how much do you want them to police the content either you consider this to be an open environment where everything goes i mean it's probably that used to be how we considered the internet in general and we're getting used to more now having you know corporations have strict control over it and the way that you have to pay for the pipeline or the wave beams or the satellite or whatever it is that you get your your internet from, you've got to pay them. They've got to pay advertisers so they take your information and do what they will with it. And we've gotten used to this, and we're also getting now more used to like, whoa, the internet's scary. Facebook is just an extension of the internet. It's just it can be. It has this a potential is- to have just as much fucked up shit as anywhere on 4chan. It's just that you don't tend to have the that general environment of the users there are oh i just had a a horrible thought is this where the fcc finally starts getting involved in the internet and the content well they are what do you mean finally you mean actually policing it no that's that's not their job and well, no, it's, it, I'm talking about, like, the, the, the standards and practices type of shit. Like, if somebody says, you know, fuck on the radio, you know, they, someone, you know, an 82-year-old woman can fucking email them or call them right. and, com, you know, file a complaint against the station. I'm saying, That's a that, possibility. Is that, that, is that where that starts? On, is, that, is this where that comes into play on the Internet? That's a possibility. Well, <clears throat> if people... If someone, if, someone, if someone kills somebody themselves... Posts and records themselves doing it and uploads it to a site. That's not illegal to watch that video. So, so even if the FCC come in, they'd have to start changing laws. It's not illegal to watch a video of someone being killed. No I mean, way. It's offensive, but I mean, it's to certain people. But, yeah, but that's not what we're really talking about. I don't think it's not about what what happens to the people who are uh, witnessing the or. Or the people on the other end of the content. It's not about them. It's about the people who are uploading it, right? Because the fine goes to the the person who drops the f bomb, not the not the people that were offended by hearing it. So, I guess I guess I'm just overthinking it. I just don't see how they could step in. And honestly, I would imagine there's entire cyber units of police officers and the FBI looking for pedophiles and shit like that. So I mean, that's pretty much what the crime is worried about on the internet. Well, no, that's totally. I know what's happened to. Uh, I know it's happened a handful of times of people recording shit and putting it up in the last, you know, six, seven months, whatever. But it's, is it an epidemic or is it a case of we hear about the, the, the one in every, you know, couple hundred thousand people that do something like this? No, I think what Chris is getting think- at, though, is that 
We already have this. We've had this environment for a long time. Almost as long as we've had television, we've had, like Chris was saying, the standards and practices. And those fees come from, it's not the FCC monitoring every television show and hitting them with a fine when they see or hear something they don't like. It's people calling and complaining. And the whole reason that the FCC is in this position to do that policing is because the citizens are asking them to. They're saying, we don't like the idea that just anything can be put on television and beamed directly in their houses. So we want you, government, to control the information that goes through the wires, over the airs, into the box of my living room. That's really no different when you're talking about the Internet. So... Yes, absolutely. We probably will be looking at a situation in the f- near future where the general populace gives up and says, we don't want the Internet to be free. I want to know that I can just let my kid get on my laptop and he's not going to see anything fucked up the same way that I can let him watch TV and not see anything fucked up because it's all network television and I know that they're not going to allow any of that shit to go on because they will get fined if they do. That's what we'll, that's that's a scary what we'll thought, want out of our internet as well. I, that's a scary thought to me. I would hope that I would hope you're wrong, but the more I the more I sit and actually think about it, you're probably not. People are fucking stupid. Well, listen, they're, they're constantly willing to trade in. So I said, man, it's all these willing to trade the- in. They're constantly willing to trade in part of their you know their, some of their privacy, their freedom, you know. You know, let's let's not necessarily get rid of some rights, but let's trim some of the rights that you have, and you'll be a little bit safer. Is that an okay trade-off? Oh yeah, sure, sure. And I don't understand it. Well, let me. So, see, I'm saying this. This all means this is why we can't have nice things, everybody. Let me ask you a question, though. We have this. We have this nice platform now where information can be shared freely, erroneous or non-erroneous, and we're gonna fuck it up. We're starting to fuck it up. No, easy. Listen to this. Okay, we understand that technology is progressing exponentially and nobody's going to be able to stop it. Now, do you feel like we are maturing at all at this point? As a a people, are we maturing? So, So we're not maturing along with our technology. Instead, we may even be regressing slightly so this gap is only going to get bigger and the bigger that gap gets the the further away that we get from understanding and using responsibly technology the more scared we are of it right why why do we have why is the fcc demanded by the people to police what goes through television because mom and dad are old and they don't know how to operate the remote. And the kids know better, and they know how to find all the shit. Same shit with the internet. Why would we want them to police the internet? Well, because, I mean, I can get, I can get on Google and go to Ikea and shop, but you know, I don't know where to find all this crazy shit, and my 10-year-old knows how to look all this shit up. So somebody's oh, got to police them. Yeah, my nephew... My, so, def, my nephew probably knew what DVDA was before I did because he's, so, <laughs> he's always at an internet connection. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's inevitable that at some point the World Wide Web as we know it now will be controlled 
by the government the same way that they control the airways in this country. Because just because we have the internet doesn't mean that we know what to do with it yet. It doesn't automatically make us wiser and more mature and smarter about technology just because we have it everywhere and it's easily affordable. I mean, cars are relatively affordable and people do dumb shit with them all day long and kill other people with them. We don't necessarily progress. We don't actually, it's not even a necessary thing. We don't as a species, progress at the same rate as our technology. We're always throwing our technology ahead of us and hoping that it'll drag us into the future. When uh, Bald Brian this week on Adam Carolla show said the internet uh, became the opposite of what we thought it was going to do. You know, initially it was we thought it was oh we're going to be able to have all this information at our fingertips and everything's just going to be it's just going to be all about facts because we're going to have access to all the facts, all right. the knowledge. And it has become the complete opposite of that. Well, right, because it's like an info dump. Like, uh, well, you watch Better Call Saul. Does it, is it? In, I think it was in season two where they they buried them in paperwork just to keep them busy. This is what big uh, lawyer uh, lawyer firms do, especially if they're going up against a small guy. Say, okay, well, here you want some? Uh, you want those documents? Well, here they are, all printed out. And in uh, 20 bankers' boxes that you have to go through by hand. So you ask for some information, and you get all the information. So it's useless, because you don't even know where to find the, the pertinent parts in there. And so it's the same thing. You, you want to find out something on the Internet. Well, you put, type it into Google, and you take the first three hits. And if they're all the same, well, that's the truth. And there's really no point digging any deeper, because... <laughs> because who's no who's to know what's the truth and not from there? Yeah, but your your vape is loud in your mic. Oh, sorry, my bad. No problem. Yeah, I just had a thought. And I guess this is a really scary thought. Remember when? I mean, right after nine eleven, here come the Patriot Act, and people were resisting that so much. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was, well, aren't you afraid of the terrorists? And people were like, no, not that afraid. Not enough to give up all my freedom. Not a- now we have people begging. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Just the, the question, aren't you afraid of the terrorists, is, is kind of laughable in itself. Because it's, it's like admitting defeat, right? Is it, I mean, as much as we joke about that's how the terrorists win... That is how the terrorists win. As a matter of fact, that's the only way they win. You're afraid and you fuck up your day because of it. Terrorists won. That's the only win they really get in the end. But yeah, you know, that question was posed to people. People said, no, I'm not, not more than I fear my government coming in telling me what they know. They know what's best for me. And, you know, unchecked, just being able to spy on its own people. And now, what, 15 years later? Here we sit, and I'm sure there's people that more be more than happy to give up freedom just to ha- to get the illusion of security, and oh, I won't have to run across the goat see pick on Facebook and be offended. Oh God, that's horrible! How dare I see that? Or worse, oh, my kids might see it. Well, 
Or, or the idea that they are willing. There's no two way around it. If you got kids, they're going to see the shit these days. It's all there is to it, unless you just completely raise them in a vacuum, homeschool them, and keep them away from all electronics. Hey, thirty percent of millennials uh, believe or don't believe that living in a democracy is that important. That was a scary statistic that Bill Maher is like a month or so ago. It's just like, wow, that means one out of every three of those motherfuckers. Do you know how many times I've seen protesters on the left at these protests since the election burning, like, signs that say free speech? And I'm going, are you fucking kidding me? What do you, like, are we, are we to that point to where we can't, we can't hear a, a counter argument without we just want to squash it and just remove that person's right to say that shit? Yeah, it's interesting because I don't think we've, gotten to the point where we're willing to so much give up more of our rights the interesting thing is though like i think the election of trump kind of proves that there's people in this country who are more than willing to give up other people's rights in order for them to be more safe but when you're talking about a democracy there's no such thing as other people's rights there's rights and they affect everyone so saying, well, it's okay to, you know, deport these people or lock up these people or arrest these people for smoking weed, because these are all people that I don't like around me anyways. And well, okay, but next it's your son, your neighbor, you, who follows, falls afoul of, of popular opinion, and now the government's been charged to, t- to lock you up to deport your ass. So there's no. There's yeah, but these no are such type thing. people that don't. <clears throat> these type of people don't think that shit through, man. Oh yeah, they don't understand that when the government reaches for one person, it's possibly they're reaching for you with the other hand. And there's really nothing to stop them once you once you give them the the AOK to say, well, hey, take away my whatever right, my right for to free speech or my right to unreasonable search and seizure, you know. Do it because I want these Mexicans out of this country that are, quote-unquote, causing all this crime. But you just gave up everyone's rights. They don't write Mexicans only when they write the law. It's everybody. Well, of course. And that's just the latest boogeyman that the politicians on the right decide to use. Oh, the Mexicans are coming to get us. Like the Tommyknockers in the middle of the night or some shit. I mean, it, 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 honestly, since... Bush, since Bush, mm-mm. since Trump has been elected and he's been in power, besides that little blip on the radar where he was talking about they're going to go ahead and build the wall even without Mexico paying for it right now, we'll get, we'll, they're going to get us back later. That t- you know that little period that lasted for a week. What the travel ban really wasn't a Mexican thing. That was I think that was more of a of, of trying to keep. Basically, choke the, the the flow of Muslims into this country. Hey, don't quote. I, I was just it, ranting in general. I'm not. Don't don't quote me on any of that as like fact. Like it was. It was no, the travel I mean, ban was had nothing to do with Mexico. Yeah, I mean, so that was the big issue, and an issue that supposedly so many people decided on, and now that's just been like okay, it's been put on the back burner. I'm sure the, I, on some level, the work to go ahead and build the wall is moving forward. Oh yeah, I still I still have my doubts if we'll ever see a completed one. Period, but that's yeah. just me. 
we'll see enough of a section to photograph so it looks like it goes forever. And then people will calm the fuck people- down about it, most likely. Forget about it. I deal with con- one of the many facets of my job I deal with is contractors, constructions, that whole process. I'm telling you, it's going to be about three years into his term before they even have all the contractors in place, before they got all the permits pulled, before, oh, yeah. before they can actually move any dirt. He's going to, it's already going to be time to start running for re-election. Plus all the controversy like, that's going around just the bidding process. Like there, uh, there is a, uh, a yeah, Mexican... Plus the federal government's involved. Hey, so throw that in there too. Sorry. Hey, the, the federal... Well, take that. And they're looking at... Uh, but there was a, a, a contract company that was owned by a Mexican man. And they're like, well, you can't, we can't have a Mexican. Bi-. I mean, yeah, we want the Mexicans to pay for it. We don't want them to build it. You know, he's going to make like a trap door in it or something. And all his buddies are going to go through. <laughs> so there's going to be so no, much man, controversy gonna... around the, 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 the just contracting of it gonna... that it'll take forever. He's going to underbid everybody, man. That's how he's going to get it. Cheap labor, man. He's going to underbid. <laughs> hey man, I'll do this for thirty grand less than that guy. No, he's not getting it at all. Trump doesn't want him to get a contract. He's not even going to consider that's it con- because he's Mexican. That's a contracting joke. He didn't get it. Yeah, I know. I get the joke, but your joke shits on my point. <laughs> Makes it sound like I said the opposite <laughs> of what I did. Gotcha. But I don't know. I just, I don't. Right. Oh. It has happened on smaller scales. I mean, uh, around the country with buildings being here in Detroit, that fucking jail downtown. Hey, let's start building it. Yeah, let's start building it. Okay, let's stop building it. All right. No, no, we're going to turn it into something different. Now we don't know what the fuck we're doing with it. And I think they said it's been close to. 500 million sunk into that thing just for it to sit there half completed for what now going on seven eight years that is a that is a county government project everybody the wall is a federal government project you know the federal government home of the sba who takes you a cool fucking whole quarter to get you your money three months dude like it's just i don't know it's yeah, a lot of my opinion on government has changed when I took this gig a few years ago. Because, too, I'd watch all of these small business people just get totally fucked by the state governments that just mandate shit and go, you have to do this. Yeah. Are you going to give us any tax breaks for it? No. Are you going to give us any uh, subsidizing for this expensive thing you're making us do? No. What the fuck? Oh, plus, and I'm paying more average, more taxes than the average citizen. That's that's my thank you. Is a fucking fist coated with Vaseline right up my fucking asshole. And that's something that both parties have been fucking harping about for going on twenty years now. That we oh we need to bring back the small businesses and, and et cetera, et cetera. Then why do both parties allow this bullshit to happen if that's that's really what they want? The only oh, answer they, I have is they, they yeah. really don't want it. They don't. They don't. They want the voters, and then when the, the small businessman has problems, all well, that's call your local, uh, you know, 
Call your mayor. Call the governor. You know, call somebody. M- that's, Mandy that's, that's asked their me, job they, to regulate it in your state. Mandy asked me a question a couple weeks ago. She said, do you think the, the, the government is truly in the interest of the people or business? I thought about it for two seconds. It said business. That's mm-hmm. really how it goes. I mean, and think about it. Yeah, because what's what's my five grand a year really doing? You know, I I, I paid like you know a police officer. I paid like one police officer's check for like you know two you know two consecutive pay periods, and that's it. You know, they're gonna kiss businesses' ass because businesses are paying a majority of the taxes in this country. So, I mean, (laughs) they're also literally writing some of these laws. Yes. You know, know I talk about what a what a lobbyist does. People think the lobbyist is just the guy who pays for the steak dinner for the senator and says, don't you think that everybody wants, you know, less regulation for our, our industry so that we can make more of our product and everyone will be happier in this country? No, they sure there's that aspect of it. But the bulk of it is actually writing the language that goes into the law. Here's what we want. Pharmaceutical company. Hey, we're going to be doing a reform on, on medical care in this country. So Pfizer, why don't you, you know, present to us with what you think is a reasonable plan? You should know better than anyone else, right? You're in this business. So yeah, it, they, they are literally Government. writing the laws. I'm telling you, law enforcement. Big oil. They are in on keeping the teleporter down. I'm telling you, man. That would fuck up so much shit. The teleporter. Well, who was it? it? Uh, so much industry. I forget what gas company or what oil company it was. I say it half joking and is half it? truthfully. It would disrupt so many things. Uh, shit, sorry. Mike is buzzing again. Ah. Uh. One sec. What? I gotta get a different stand. This shit is fucking stripped on this mic. Damn it. No wonder. You sound like you're standing outside, like, Hey, Bob, the hurricane should be here in about 10 hours. <laughs> okay, that's better. Sorry. Yeah, man, I think it was, I think I had a, I think I had up to maybe three or four things. Was law enforcement, big oil. Oh, the airlines. The airlines don't want none of the teleporter. Oh, and the auto industry. Still yeah, that's right. The teleporter. Four people are in on it, man. I, I don't know that many people want the teleporter. Are you fucking can't. We can't get people to get their head around a self-driving car. And you're gonna say, "Oh, your only your only po- example in popular culture is the fly of, <laughs> of people using a teleporter." I seen the Jetsons. We get well. Fuck that Star Trek. Jetsons didn't teleport. They took tubes. Yeah, yeah Star Trek did. <clears throat> Star Trek. I mean, beaming is obviously teleporting. I don't know. How did we get here? Oh, government. It's about business. You know that Star Trek is fiction, right? (laughs) I got some friends you don't tell that to. (laughs) They break down. That's not true. Take it back. 
I mean, using Star Trek as an example in your conspiracy of the government to keep teleportation down, not doing you any favors. That's all I'm saying. Well, I wouldn't cite Star Trek when I made the speech. You know, it, it, <laughs> when, it, I'll, leave, I'll leave it out of the manifesto. <laughs> I don't want people to think I'm totally insane. <laughs> oh, shit. What, oh, so, hey, whoops. I'll say it on, right now. I, I was, hey, guess who's wrong? Me. See you, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> I, I thought oh, he was going to yeah. weather that storm. Like, Fox didn't lose any money. It just moved around. His ratings were better. But we were joking in the chat, Aaron. What, they invoked the Cosby rule. The r- like, rule right. of 37. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's the 37th one. You got to go, Bill. 37 in a row? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's the, it's, it's the Kevin Smith slash third, rule of 37. Like, that's where we got to call bullshit on your actions here. <laughs> yeah. You know, at 22... Uh, Bitches be crazy, you know. Thirty, uh, but thirty-seven. That's nope. That's 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 over the edge. What I thought it was funny was that he's getting twenty-five million to leave. Now, how long <laughs> yeah. until you think? How long until you think he either makes a call to, like someone like Glenn Beck? Oh, or, I read. A, I read an article. There's there's a bunch of people fucking blowing him up. A bunch of. Uh, oh yeah. I guess. Competitors that Fox has that we don't know about because they have like, I think the the closest Fox is in like ninety million homes. Uh, the closest uh, number I saw was thirty five million, and it's some uh, crap. I forget what it, it's some network. You know they were talking about they'd love to have O'Reilly. That supposedly the, the Blaze wants to talk to O'Reilly. Him and Glenn Beck can start hanging out again. I heard for ten grand he'll come right to your house and yell right at your kids. <laughs> is he gonna, he's gonna he's gonna tell well, your he, kids they're gonna be doing a lot of doobie rolling when they're living in a van down by the river. He ain't right. gonna do shit. He just got twenty five million dollars to get fired. Well, here's Plus, the, here's the question: Does well, he is he so much of an egomaniac he wants to be on TV, or would he be happy with his own? network like Infowars or the blaze that's why i said he's either going to go to he's going to go going to go to glenn beck if he doesn't end up with glenn beck or if he doesn't end up because there's even a chance because it's all about that almighty dollar cnn might fucking sign him if they think they can fucking get some sort of forgiveness and still bring in the ratings from no No, they would not you don't think so he's poisonous uh, you guys, are, you guys, you guys are, you guys are both smoking some really good shit today, left over from no. yesterday. If they, if they thought they could get away with it without no. any backlash <laughs> or minimal backlash and they increased would. ratings on the time slot, oh yeah, but that's not going to happen. Right, that was not going to happen. They would get so much backlash, they would, they couldn't even consider it. It's more likely that he takes over Sean Spicer's job. That was Chris's prediction. Well, what yeah, I'm like, getting at is that if he doesn't, if he doesn't decide to start his own network. Which to me would be dumb because it seems like he has a loyal fan base that pays for every single fucking book he publishes, watches him every day. I'm sure they pay a subscription fee, a monthly subscription fee to listen to him go on rants. Well, it's interesting that while, you know, apparently Bill O'Reilly didn't lose any viewers during this process and... Meanwhile, Alex Jones doesn't see, Alex Jones doesn't seem to be faring too well. Lately, and with the uh, the proceedings on his divorce hearing uh, being made public, 
I don't know if you guys have caught any of that. Oh, yeah. My, fa- my favorite was it came out that he, he smokes weed, right? Occasionally, in order to test its strength so he can monitor it. And he's also here to tell us it's a lot stronger. Thanks. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I test its strength every day. You got to yeah. keep up on this every shit, day, you know? Right, it's like technology. Yeah. It's moving exponentially. Like one day, it's, you don't want some killer strain to be out there, and you not even know about it. Because yeah, dude, I had a, yeah, Alex. I mean, you can actually pick a number in certain, like I was in Oregon. You can pick buy them by the number. I had a cartridge the other day that was eighty-one percent THC. You know, I got one today. It's like sixty. I, yes, I think it's stronger. Yeah, I think definitely Bill O'Reilly could slide right into that position of the well you know alex jones is like the lone wolf you know no man owns him he can say whatever he wants and that's going to be bill o'reilly now because he's got a built-in audience who clearly have no qualms with somebody grabbing the occasional ass or expecting a blow job for a job or what any of the numerous accusations that were thrown against him his core audience they don't give a Fuck. Well, his core audience isn't the isn't the one that got advertisers to leave his show. In fact, right. you can know, you can right. argue that ninety percent of the people that that made that happen don't watch his show in the first place. Mm-hmm. Unless they're unless they're the watchdogs, the type right. people who watch the show but, and write down everything they think they can get them in trouble for. Yeah, but I think what if you're is Bill the, O'Reilly? This is you. You get into the content game. This is you now. Just cut off the middleman, anyways. You make all the money. Fuck having to have Fox, you know, give you a cut of what they're making. Right. You make all the money now. Well, because the, the the advertisers, they have an Achilles heel, and that's the fact that all anybody has to do is say, you're associating with this person. And they go, no, we're not. And they have to pull all their ads. I mean, it, it's not like the advertisers could go, now we believe that he's innocent. I mean, you know, they're not going to go down with that ship. There's no reason for them to. So it, it, it's kind of like the uh, like we were talking about in the protests earlier. It, as soon as the shit goes down, where they are being associated with somebody else who's got some bad news floating around them, they're the fuck out. They don't have a choice once that action starts. So yeah, Bill O'Reilly goes for you know. Shit, he he charges people ten, fifteen bucks a month, and <clears throat> what does he really need? Him, a little studio, some cameras, some extra assholes to get on TV and talk shit. Well, and, to give you to give you an idea, he will have twenty three kookaroos if he charges he will, people like he will ten be, bucks a month. Like, don't even worry about the the twenty five million that he's getting just to leave is going to be chump change. This guy is probably going to end up one of the richest men in America when this shit is over. Be, it, the only question is, can he get enough money out of these people, out of his core audience before they die? Well, that's what I was going to say. To give you a comparison, you got a guy like Artie Lang who has a subscription podcast. I think he charges five bucks a month. He says he has a couple thousand. He didn't, he didn't give a... Right. clear number but he said he had a couple thousand subscribers and he brings in over a hundred thousand after taxes just to sit there and do a show for two hours every couple of days now right. bill o'reilly's gotta have 
way more. I mean, we're He's talking gonna, five, maybe six figures worth of people willing to subscribe to something like that. And they would be oh, willing yeah. to pay more than five dollars a a month. Right. Heart. Well, you know, it, but Check this shit the other out. thing if, that Artie Lang had said though is that he also was aware that he had hundreds of thousands of downloads illegally. But he yeah. is fine with that. He has his core subscribers, he makes he makes good money off of that, and he gets the word out, so if Bill O'Reilly can get 1,000 people to give him $20 a month, he will make a quarter of a million dollars a year. Are you really so in I'll, business? What's that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Have I, you ever heard I, of Overhead? I mean, he's got to produce a show still. and that it's. I don't think he's going to be like, put a microphone on my kitchen table like Artie Lang. No, but he, I'm saying. He's used to Fox News. He's going to want production value. I agree, but I, I'm just I'm just saying, it just as minimal as a thousand people. That's, that's I'm saying. That's all he's got. He can make quarter million dollars a year if a thousand people give him twenty bucks. Much more than a thousand people will give that guy twenty bucks. I guess I think, is my point. I think twenty might be pushing it a little bit. I'm putting him I at like HBO ten. level. I think I'm going old fighty, man. 15, they got twenty 15. bucks a month. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly Go. Pay $15 a month. You can listen to any, anything on demand. Yes, you might. Money, man. <laughs> Just Bill O'Reilly Go. I like that idea. <laughs> Just go. Well, I guess Tucker Carlson is uh, taking his place. I bet he had to hold his bow tie for to stop from spinning around. Yeah, doesn't know, that right? doesn't it seem like going from like Robert Downey Jr. or not Robert but uh, Morton Downey Jr. to like Phil Donahue? Like you're gonna go <laughs> from Bill O'Reilly to Tucker Carlson? Seriously, dude? Honestly, I don't mind Tucker. I always like him when he is in on, on uh, Bill Maher's show. I when it, even when I he, hear him say shit that I'm just like you're just patently wrong it it's not like it, he I, he's wrong idealistically a lot of the times he's not wrong factually a lot of the times i mean like anybody on fox he can take those facts and mince them up the way that fits his narrative but i also appreciate the fact that he's not a shout him down bully like bill o'reilly is and he is actually pretty good at debating somebody and ripping them apart in in ways that aren't just like I'm done talking to you goodbye. Well, definitely, so that's I don't get that. I mean, with Bill O'Reilly, you're getting a pit bull, you know, who the threat is he could come off his chain at any moment. Mm -hmm. And with Tucker Carlson, you're kind of getting like you know. Not one of them lap dogs that thinks it's tougher than it is, but maybe like you know, <laughs> like a nice mid-sized, you know, small dog. I just I don't I don't, I don't know that he's nicer. I mean, he he's he's more civil. That's but what, I don't think he's I think nicer. The, he he I, I, he can cut you more. You can laugh okay, but, off Bill O'Reilly, but it's uh, when when Tucker cuts you, you're gonna know it. You're gonna bleed, man. Yeah, but it's the difference between people wanting to watch baseball and football. People don't watch baseball for the collisions. They watch football for the collisions. So I'm thinking that a lot of Bill O'Reilly's... I'm just saying, a lot of Bill O'Reilly's old audience is probably going to find Tucker Carlson a little too pedestrian for them. Unless he steps up the, the hyperbole when he's on air. 
Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm saying. Right, because so I, I think it's just, Bill O'Reilly's show is cathartic for its his core audience because that's all they wanted to do is yell at people they disagreed with all day long, but they couldn't. So when they come home, they watch Bill O'Reilly yell at the at other people that he doesn't agree with. They go, ah, I wanted to yell at that Mexican guy earlier, but now I can just watch Bill O'Reilly and relax. I don't know why I'm so anti-Mexican today. I <laughs> just... Uh, Anti-Mexican? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I just keep singling them out, I feel like, when I'm talking about people hating other people. It seems to be a lot of Mexicans, though. Well, that's because we're scared to say anything about Muslims because we don't, we don't want them to come bomb us and cut our heads off with their religion of peace. So, you know. We got, we got to pick, pick on some groups, and the Mexicans were next in line. It, it's always brown, isn't it? It's always a shade of brown. It's just other. The, enemy. the last 20 years. Just pick a brown guy. We hate him. Or we're using him as an enemy. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's here in America in present times or, you know, whatever recent history, I guess, you know, since we came here. But think about it, man. It's this is this is where people are like, oh, you know, white supremacy, worldwide white supremacy, and I'm going. You understand how power works in this world? <laughs> Every race has enslaved another race at one point in our history in this world. I mean, people fight. People act like you know the continent of Africa was this peaceful place until white man showed up, started selling everybody. No, that was tribal warfare. Tribes would take over other tribes, kill all the men, raise the children as their own, and use the women like basically breeding cattle and slave labor. I mean, this, these things, these, I don't know, these things, these things seem to happen. Ah, uh, the good old days. Well, well, no, just think about it, man. That's one of the things that listen to the Berkeley, watching a lot of Berkeley tapes. I heard a whole lot of, you have no idea what you're talking about. You straight white male or, you know, you're straight or this and that. And, you know, you, you, you are constantly being given stuff because of your whiteness and all that. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, and if you lived in the, you know, the Middle East back in the day in the Bible times and you were white, you, you weren't shit. I mean, Jesus Christ, they were fucking killing their own people over religion and shit. And they looked exactly the same. I don't know. I just... It, it's it's irritating me this week that when I keep seeing articles and reading articles and hearing reports about how all this is due to white supremacy and all this shit, you know, all these riots with Berkeley and all this, and I'm going, I don't really see it. I see a bunch of white nationalists who are punks who are there out to start fights. They're like the skinheads when we were in high school. There's 20 of them if you get them all together, but if you catch them separately, they're a bunch of bitches anyway, so... Sorry, that's my rant for the week. <laughs> so, anyways, we got Tucker Carlson taking over for O'Reilly. That shooting, and where'd you where'd you say that shooting happened with that Nation of Islam guy? Uh, Fresno, Fresno. Okay. Well, I I don't know. I mean, he he said a lot of crazy shit. I don't know how much he was in the nation. He was in the nation of Islam or anything. I think he was just, you know, 
crazy violent guy who decided to shoot a bunch of white people because he didn't like them and yelled out a lot of random shit while he did so. Well, no, the what I'm getting at is he's, I don't know if he was a member. He definitely doesn't look the part. I mean, they definitely have a certain look, especially if you're in the inner circle. Obviously, he wasn't in that. I think he was a, self, a self-appointed member, if that makes sense. That was just a group that preached a lot of what he could twist around into right. his rationalization for doing what he did. I think he anyways, was as much nascent <clears throat> of Islam as the Orlando shooter was ISIS. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I and I was when I when I heard his name and I was like, okay, so here come the typical, you know, the anymore. It's just obligatory. The Muslim comments: Was he Muslim? Is he from here? Has he was he radicalized here? The more I read up on the guy, this is nothing like anybody who came over from a different country was, you know, felt they were being marginalized. This is a good this old is, American angry black man. Yeah, yeah the, the more a, I read on him. Because initially, I was like, oh, he showed it Allah Akbar, his name's Muhammad. I'm like, oh, here we fucking go. And yeah, the more I learn on the guy, I'm like, yeah, the more I'm coming over to the side of the fence. of like, uh, yeah, this is this dude who snapped. Yeah. Like, Well, the interesting thing is I haven't heard anybody really play on the whole racial, you know, racial issue surrounding his crimes, which to me, I, that makes sense. He killed people. You know, people are like, well, he's he's right. been charged with a hate crime. Okay, well, if you if you're going around killing random people, it's not because you love them, all right. I mean, so I get it, whatever. But what I yeah, thought was interesting is I was racism was people. one thing, but racism to the point of killing people is mental illness. Exactly, exactly. And so you know, besides the talk of that, I really haven't heard a whole lot of talk about race. What I've heard is. What I was, I joked about in the chat when I, when, when the story came up between us, which was how long until someone tries to twist this into he's ISIS Muslim versus he was quoting his, you know, Elijah Muhammad and, and Farrakhan in his rap CD or whatever. This guy was not like from overseas or family from overseas and had connections over there. But I've seen articles imply that, well, this is the type of, you know, we're not even safe from homegrown Muslims. Look, you're not guaranteed safe from anyone anywhere. The crazy people exist, and that's what's so crazy about them. It's because they just snap out of nowhere and kill people they don't even know. I mean, that's that's why I got so... I know we had, well, at least Chris and I did kind of had it out on, on uh, our uh, chat the other day about this issue. And just the idea of, of associating this man's action with terror really got my underwear in a twist because it's, it's fear-mongering to do that. It, to... To try and lump anyone that has any association with uh, with Islam or anything under the umbrella of ter- of uh, terrorism, well, I just it, think I, it, it, I think, it, it, it lessens our focus on what terrorism actually is. I think and, I was wildly misunderstood. Now that I hear you talk, I just wanted. Like, when, uh, empirically, when you first hear he shouted Allah Akbar and his name's Muhammad, like, hey, let's have it on the table. 
That's it, it, it's obviously now the more I've read up on it. Okay, we, we have taken it off the table. Well, we're right, and you know, I think this was pretty fresh after it happened, and we didn't know a lot of shit. Correct. Um, so we we were both kind of jumping to conclusions. But what else can you do? I mean, but when the I'm just always fearful of jumping always to the conclusion of, well, this must have been terrorism. I mean, even, like, the shit that happened in France this week. The policemen were shot. And they said, you know, all the reports that I was hearing was, all we know right now is a guy with a gun shot a couple cops and tried to get away, and they shot him and killed him. And we're still gathering information. And Trump has to get out there right away. And this is horrible what happened in France. Uh, you know, they don't have all the information, but it looks like terrorism. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Okay, it turns out it probably was actual terrorism. This guy well, may have had actual connections to ISIS. Uh, but ISIS you, did claim responsibility for it. There actually. you go. And, and that's that's not always proof, but that's... Pretty solid evidence. And, but what is to be gained from being first? Oh, I called it. I called it. It was terrorism. Like, because fucking of, Donald Trump. That's why. Right. But the, yes, but you're the fucking president. Well, dude, that's the president <laughs> we have now. We have the, uh, <laughs> Rich, we have the Iceman president. <laughs> we got, the, we got the. I called it everybody president. That's who we got now. Like, <laughs> right, I guess because I just it definitely fits narrative. Like three months in, like, all right, this guy's a nut job. What? He's not gonna become unpresident until they find some shady shit with. Oh, uh, it did come out today that Russia said they tried to use some of his advisors to fucking influence the election. We can get to that later. Uh, but, wait, yeah, uh, man. Some th- that's our president, man. We got that guy. Well, no, but I was got- just using him as an example. <laughs> you know, because the idea of of jumping to the conclusion of terrorism is really almost kind of trying to do the terrorist job for them. Like, this is great. All we have to do is send a couple... We have to, like, maybe send somebody over to that country or sometimes just uh, inspire the right person in that country already to do what we want them to do. And we do that once or twice. And then everything that happens in that country, everyone's going, oh, it must be terrorism. Look at how it spreads. It's beautiful. They, that's what, exactly what they want. They want everyone to freak out and think that terrorism is all around them. So... Thanks, Trump, and everybody else who jumps to the conclusion of well, this must be terrorism because you are helping the terrorists. And I don't say that facetiously or even lightly. If I, I truly believe the main goal of terrorism is to terrorize people, to make them feel fear and change their lives. And anything that anybody else does to further that is in line with the terrorists, not on your side. Yeah, but hasn't terrorism became a catch-all phrase in the last 16 years? Anytime there's yeah. anything, anytime there's any attack on us, we don't even bother to, we, we give we give the, okay, and don't everybody jump to conclusions that it's terrorism. We give that lip service, and then an hour later, it's confirmed 
so-and-so had contacts with, you know, whatever group, radical group. Mm-hmm. So now it, it's almost like it doesn't even mean anything anymore. People say, you know, right. oh, oh we, we had a terrorist attack on us. Well, I know that's just words, but, I mean, these are terms that we use to identify major problems that we want to get, take care of, right? So it's like if, I don't know, uh, well, apparently, I guess we're already doing that kind of changing the definition of rape in this country, right? Rape is this horrible crime that we had, we don't even like to talk about rape. We don't joke about rape because it's so horrible. Okay, but you're also saying that, you know, uh, you fooled around with a guy and then you felt like you shouldn't have afterwards and that was rape. Well, no. <laughs> like, there's a reason we have these terms and the more the, the the thinner you spread it a, a term like terrorism to apply to everything that freaks you out well then what do we have to do we just have to come up with a new word so that we can identify cuz if you can't identify the problems then how the fuck are you going to come up with a solution to take care of them I, I, yeah but i i don't know it just goes back to to me it when we overuse terms like this, we label everything we don't like as, to, as as terrorism, and it's been that way for 16 years. Are we really shocked we're to the point where that's the lead that our government set for us, and we now, 16 years later, we seem like as a society, anything we don't like, we want to label as some sort of attack or, you know, oh, it's racism or sexism or the patriarchy or whatever the fuck, you know. It's just another thing. It's like it's lost its it's lost its meaning. And even if we come up with another term, we're just going to beat that term into the fucking ground. I mean, that's yeah. the whole point of this. The whole point of this, the whole point of a war on terror is it's a perpetual war that has no end in sight. There's never been a war on terror won. There's been wars on terror abandoned, and there's been wars on terror lost. So what makes us think we're any different? thing is our leaders will never get up there and say hey by the way this is going to be one of those things that we're going to basically fight until probably the end of human civilization we call you know we had the cold war that ended boom here comes terrorism perfect this is even better than the cold war that we can stay in a state of perpetual war without the nonsense of going through what people would see on the tv with vietnam and korea and going why are we over in these fucking places this isn't places that this isn't world war ii this isn't if we don't win this fight, we're fucked. You know, now we just, we still have troops in Afghanistan. We still have shit happening in Iraq. It doesn't get talked about. No one cares about it. That's the danger of, over, of, using, these, of using these type of words to the point where they have no meaning. People yeah. just shrug at you and go, okay, chicken little, the sky has fallen again. There's only so many times you can cry wolf and we're going to come running. Yeah, well, you know, war used to have a certain meaning, doesn't it? Now, we're not talking definition. If you look up war in the dictionary, it's not going to say this. But the understood meaning of war in America, it, it came with authorization. If we are, at a, as a country, at war, that is, the president getting approval from Congress, maybe not so much anymore, and deciding as a country to take action. 
you don't just talk about you know uh, war isn't uh, you know uh, a covert mission or something like that or uh, or a precise strike it is our nation has decided to you know do whatever do what we feel is right the, the situation has gotten to this point N- now uh, <laughs> it's almost ingenious the way that they've declared the war on terror because that is what what they see when what the government hears when it hears the word war is authorization to spend spend however they see fit to take care of that problem hey we're at war okay this is a serious situation so we're going to make all the tanks and guns and just stack money on planes and cash and send it on over throw money at the problem constantly so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just add I guess 54 ultim- billion to that defense budget right quick. Yeah. I mean, and we've had two military actions since then. Coincidence? No. Yeah, I hate to be that guy, but I, I kind of I kind of fall in line with what you're saying, Chris. I don't hey, when it, when it comes to government shit, I don't think there's a whole lot of coincidences. I think uh, they're more likely to be, be caught with their pants around their ankles than they are to be caught in the middle of a coincidence that they did, you know, a, a quote-unquote coincidence that happened naturally without any manipulation. Well, I, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this one out there because I think it's only a matter of time before we start hearing about associations with what happened in France, the terrorist attack in France recently. That's going to be connected to, uh, what's her name, Marie Le Pen, who's running for office because the timing is just too convenient. It is just way too convenient. And maybe it's because I recently listened to, I don't know if you guys listened to this American life, but they had a whole story about Russia and Putin's rise to power in Russia and how it all started with apartments, apartment buildings being burnt down that Putin's uh, people attached to Putin not that anyone's directly proven, but again, it's a little too convenient. Started burning down apartment buildings in the middle of the night with people inside of them to terrorize the nation, to make the nation stand up and say, protect us from this evil. And Putin was the man to do so. He murdered his own people to get into power in the first place. And I don't believe that France is necessarily above that action. Yeah, but what people don't take into consideration... What people don't take into consideration foil. is that the okay. My the tin foil head these, is grand. It looks like a ship. It's like a tinfoil swan. <laughs> yes, it's like head. a swan. <laughs> the leaders of these terrorist group understand better than probably anyone else that they want leaders like Trump in office, leaders like Bush in office. They don't want guys like Obama who's just going to do drone strikes and not put boots on the ground and escalate the situation that way. I mean, so for them to do a terrorist attack in France, if you, if the if the female politician you're mentioning is the one I'm thinking of, she's the one that's that's very much like kind of in kind of France's answer to Brexit and Trump. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, oh, hello. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah. I lost my mic there for a second. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, a nationalist. Yeah, she's she's the hardliner as far as yeah, immigration, we, letting more Muslims in, et cetera, et cetera. So they, she they, wants closed borders. Yeah, okay. That's okay, so, for trade and people. So to say that, you know, France, like, oh, well, they might let this attack happen because it'll push more people towards her. Even if they don't, the terrorists understand the closer to the election that they pull out shit like this, the more people who are on the fence were going to go, you know what, let me trade a little bit more of my freedom for just a little bit more of that safety. And so they'll, they'll vote for her. I mean, it's... Well, right, because the, the, the extreme leaders like Trump and Marine Le Pen, uh, they actually help the terrorist cause. Because exactly. the terrorists can point to them and say, see, I told you all those people hated us. I told remember, you. Remember when Bush got up there and said, basically, this is a crusade? Against the axis oh, of evil. God, the dumbest, the, the the dumbest word that he used in his whole eight years as president, as president, crusade. The people, the, the people that were sitting there, the leaders of these terrorist groups at that point were rock fucking hard. They were just oh, so God. excited because they were like, "Thank you, you just did our recruiting for the next two years." They're Thank empty you. Emptying like that. two, three clips into the air. <laughs> Don't worry, we jack another CIA truck next week. <laughs> but see, but that's that's see how fucked up that is that we can sit here and if a country allowed an attack to happen because they thought it would help push the country in the direction they wanted, the fact that we none of us would put that by any country, including our own, doesn't yeah. that speak volumes about where we are right now? As far as the situation in the world, I mean, we don't trust we don't even trust our own country to do the right thing. So let alone these other fucking countries, you know. And then you got Mattis saying, saying, "Go ahead and tell that little Kim Jong Un or whatever his name is." <clears throat> oh yeah, we got our sword raised. Go ahead, make your move. Really? Are you trying to Are you trying to piss off this little man in the war? Seriously? I mean. Yeah, we, nobody asked for a dick measuring contest. And it's like, okay, it, it, yeah, ex exactly, exactly. And I, I, I'm definitely afraid that with a guy like Bush in office, Trump or not, but that's not, not well, well, kind of like like Bush would like Bush did, reflex. like Bush did. I'm afraid that Trump would be the type of guy that spread our military too thin, trying to fight too many quote-unquote, wars or conflicts on too many fronts. Oh, yeah, because he's reactionary. And then, meanwhile, even if we don't lose ground by, by having our military spread all over the place, we don't gain ground either. The best we walk out of is we just fucking throw our hands up and say, fuck oh. it, we're done. Right. Oh, no, but we, we, we lost ground. with definitely lost ground with North Korea this last week. All this boisterous talk about what we're going to do if if North Korea steps out of line and Trump says, "Oh, we've got I've got an armada heading your way if you decide to launch a missile, so don't even think about it." And then what comes out? It wasn't an armada, and it wasn't heading towards North Korea. It was heading away from it. You don't think people are going to find that shit out? That that's going to get out? Now you just look like an idiot. And while the American people are going to forget about it, North Korea ain't forgetting shit. 
Exactly. They know what a big talking pussy you are, you piece of shit. And they have no reason to back down. But North Korea needs to, like... That's right. I called I, our I, president a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm uh, I'm asking a little uh, more in, from them in the lucidity in the reality department. But uh-huh. they, they, that, it, it wouldn't be long action. They're not. It's not really that big of a country. Like, quite honestly... No. We, I think it would be a lot by, longer than you can imagine. We got them by numbers in, like... Just population. Our, our military probably has more people in it than their country. Uh, we did also did 50, 60 years ago, the first time we went to Korea, and we had them outnumbered in Vietnam, too. And it, <laughs> I think we've proven that we're not so good at fighting on their territory. Well, we didn't have drones general, 50 years ago, either. Technology has come a long way. Like, I just, uh, I, I'm just always of the, I don't, yeah, like. But, you know, me, like, there is. If Russia, if Russia or China gets froggy, that's something to pay attention to. But North Korea, eh, it'd be a really, be really short fight. Just Japan. Like, it's, it's really honestly how I uh, feel about it. Dude, yeah, we can't go, actually, we can't I think go it's crazy a short fight. It's we a can't short go crazy fight that you North want to be afraid of. We can't go crazy with North Korea because you got China that fucking has interest in North Korea and is not going to let shit get out of fucking control. I mean, that's, that's something that, like, of all the military shit we're doing, it's always making somebody money. If it wasn't, we wouldn't be doing it. And so, for whatever reason, if, if whoever who is in China who has business interests in North Korea must be making money and must want him to keep acting a fool because, well, they don't want to upset the apple cart. My thing is with Trump, he's so fucking, eh. yeah, we, we have the best, we have the best bombers. We have the best this, we have the best that we're going to take you out. I'm a sick Mattis on you. Like really? I got the biggest yeah. bomb. Yeah. I got the mother of all bombs. What are you going to do about it? You know, it's like, dude, stop walking around provoking people who aren't even it's it's north korea they do this shit what once a year a couple times a year they put on don't we don't we unless it's all stock file footage don't we always see at least a couple times a year video footage of some show of military force in north korea and we look at it and we go that's nice the problem is our military is so big we can't line them up downtown somewhere and have them march around and look scary on film we're actually you know with our fingers in every pie in every corner of the world right now. Sorry. I mean, it, for Trump to react the way he does, this just does not bode well for us. I I don't know. And news for you, everybody. The hey, I called the president is also probably the, well, fuck me, fuck you, president, which is dangerous. Pete, well, I don't think, all, I don't think, I don't think. so he, sunny and cheery on this show. I don't think the average person realizes how many businesses that we probably think of as American through and through actually have dealings with China. I mean, look at the movie industry. You know, all these all these Marvel movies that are coming out who oh, Disney yeah. owns, they have to recut, re-edit to get released in China, and they do so willingly. They don't even wait for the Chinese censors to go, you have to take this out and this out. They'll just 
they'll shoot one version for America, one version for China. Now, these are companies that are making hundreds of billions of dollars by putting entertainment out in our country and entertainment out in China. Do you think they want a situation where we can't get anything in and out of China because of military bullshit? Fuck no. No, yeah, that's the reason that all this shit is so watered down and, and, and generic. It's not because, well, we want everybody in America to come see the movie. No, we want the whole world to come see the movie. Exactly. They're spending a billion dollars on Infinity War 1 and 2. A billion dollars. Granted, they're going to get two movies out of it, but holy fuck, that's a lot of money. You want another indicator of where we're at? Uh, Wasn't it the eighth Fast and Furious movie was the biggest opening movie ever? Like, ever. In the world and domestically, there's there's where we're at, everybody. <laughs> That's the biggest opening of a movie ever. Yeah, but there's a reason for that. Studios don't want to take sh- studios don't want to take risk with new IP IPs or smaller budget movies to be hits. I mean, if it happens, it's nice, but. The, the days of Merrimax buying up every small movie at every film festival they could find, hoping to turn it into the new clerks, those are pretty much gone. They'd rather just fucking make a movie for $5 million, release it to DVD, and if it's someone from like a Kevin, if it's a Kevin Smith movie, he's got a hard enough fan base that they're going to buy it up. These big blockbusters, these studio tent poles, like, I, I didn't even realize until I sat down and watched a documentary about. There's only 47 American movies allowed in China per year, legally, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, Half of them have to be in 3D. I mean, there's a bunch of different rules that China has. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about how they turned uh, the the last Bourne movie into a 3D movie so it could get release over in China, and people were getting sick in the audience because of all the the, 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 shaky cam shit and it being in 3D. Um, right, which they I can, do a lot of handheld see. cam shit. Like, how yeah. do you do that? <laughs> it's like watching the Blair Witch in 3D. I'd probably be halfway through it too. But I mean, if you know, maybe I'm connecting dots that that, that I shouldn't connect. But I, I can't, I can't believe that these corporations who are worldwide corporations who are making money in all corners of the world are just going to sit back and. Let stupid fucking hot-headed politicians fuck up their income stream. I mean, I don't know what they could do as far as you know what power that these kind of companies. I mean, who knows what Disney could, is really capable of? I don't. I mean, I'm sure if they threw their backing behind somebody for a political office, they would sway a lot of people for whatever reason. But I mean, it, it, it's just getting ugly out there, man. We. We got, we got a president who wants to fucking fight everybody who pisses him off or looks at him the wrong way. And he's supposed to be the business president that's supposed to help American business. Now he's over here and he's looking like he's wanting to be, you know, W part two. And it's like, dude, are you getting drunk off of this? Are you getting high off of this power trip? Is that what's going on here? You think you think this is a game of like risk where you could or a battleship where you could just move these things around and you know, it's a game? It's not. He's the ultimate boss now. You tell everybody what to do. It's in the Constitution. So he thinks. Like, it was really, uh, it, it was insane there for a minute. About late January, when he first got into office, February, he thought he got elected king. 
the, the Congress and the courts, or more the courts, fuck Congress, because they didn't do shit. The courts had to remind him real quick, hey, buddy, no, it's not how we're laid out here. Well, he's coming up on his 100 days, which is this feels like 100 years. This marker that we've all decided that, you know, a president should accomplish something within 100 days. So I think it's dumb. I mean, really? Judge anyone on the first 100 days of their job. You tell me, like, get the fuck. Like, I've always thought that was yeah. dumb. It's dumb because the most important shit that you want to get done in this country is going to take more than 100 days to get right. And, and so happened, instead, we're getting fucking days. half-assed. We're going to get half-assed uh, 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 health care reform. Another one. I heard this uh, next week we're going to have it just to try and get it in within the 100 days so that he can make it look like his presidency is successful. I mean, maybe if we had... I'm not saying that we need to extend some more rope for for Trump because I'm ready for him to hang himself now. But maybe we wouldn't be in the situation in the first place with all the shitty... uh, shitty uh, laws that are written just to try and prove something to all these pe- all the, the voters who have it in their heads that if the president doesn't get at least you know 30% of his mandate done in the first 100 days not even the first year the first out of first year out of four years that you've elected them you expect a, they expect a hundred days to be able to like, Stick a toothpick in and see how it's going. What do you mean it's not ready yet? Yeah, it, I just think it's... I, I don't know why we use that watermark. I don't know what dipshit came up with that marker. It's, I think it's, it started with Reagan. You, you're still figuring out what the fuck you're doing in the first hundred days. To what, ha, what great accomplishment has any president done in their first hundred days? I can't think of any. I can't think of any lasting change for good that a president has has left in this country that they accomplished within the first 100 days of office. You do not do the best work at your job within the first 100 days of having it. Just saying. Anybody. That's why most jobs have a 90-day evaluation period. They take three months to evaluate whether to keep you or not. Yeah, oh, like at man, this point, Trump's just that. getting his benefits. Oh, man, you know? if we he's, had that. <laughs> at this point, he's just getting... At this point, now, all right, uh, here's your uh, medical card, and <laughs> you're getting PTO now. Well, does it worry either of you guys that, like I said, when he was elected and he ran, he was running as the, you know, America first... Make America great, all that bullshit. Economy, economy, economy. And here we are. Is there even any talk about fucking the economy hardly at all with all the bullshit he's pulling? Oh, uh, he was. (laughs) Here's Here's how he tackled the economy this week. He went after Canada. Because Canada had, I don't. I swear I heard the story on the radio, but I couldn't tell you what the fuck it was really about. But it was about dairy products, mostly milk. There's some process of making milk products for cheese that Canada has approved and 
lowered the expense on in some way or basically Trump is accusing Canada of price fixing and being protectionists against for their own country's products but yet that's all that he talks about is by I mean, by American there's nothing wrong with that that's saying that people should buy stuff from other countries because it's better or something but this blanket statement you know we're getting screwed on trade. Everyone needs to buy American. We need to get these workers back. And then to look at other countries and criticize them for doing the same thing. And honestly, when you talk about food in general in this country, I mean, we're already pretty protectionist, even when just keeping our, our farmers afloat. But that's, that's a whole other subject. But yeah, he, he hasn't really done anything. He talks about how horrible NAFTA is, and he's got to go... He wants to renegotiate NAFTA, and that's where he starts, is to go after Canada and their export of cheese products. <laughs> he signed something this week that was like the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen. It was something like the Make America... It was something about make manufacturing here by American it was some it should just be called the propaganda order because that's what it was it was another executive order and he got out his fucking gold pen or whatever he fucking gets out and it was something that was just I, I, I just was like how much money was wasted on all of this and this whole little grand gesture like what does this thing actually say like what it right it was. I'm, I've been trying to find it while we're talking. It's like the the it, it has in the title that there's, it's nothing but a platitude. Like that, that's all there is there. There's nothing that I mean. Who buys American? When and how much and why and of what are we buying in America? <coughs> you can't even you can't even figure out half the time if it, even if it's an American company and it says assembled in America, where all the parts come from. Right. Yeah, Shinola watches. Everyone wants to talk about them. made in Detroit, and they're a proud Detroit company. They are. They started in Detroit. They operate in Detroit. They have stores in Detroit. Their shit is made in China and assembled here in Detroit. Trump I'm not signed saying. Oh, hold on. Sorry. Go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, well, no, no, I, I found I'm not, it. I'm not knocking their product or saying that it's shitty because it's made in China and assembled in Detroit. They're cool watches. If you're into, I don't. I'm not a watch wearer, but if you're into watches, check out the Shinola ones. And from what I hear, they're nice watches too. But that's just the reality of the economy. You, if you made that watch completely in the U.S., nobody would fucking buy it because it'd be too expensive. And plus, yeah, and made shitty. <laughs> who what? Who who buys their watch made in the U.S. anyway? Completely with Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what was the uh, name of it? The Air, Make America well, Cowboy it, it, Awesome again? Yeah, no, right. Yeah, America number one. Uh, no, it's it's actually uh, the comments he made about the dairy farmers uh, came from when he signed this executive order. Uh, it's aimed at encouraging oh, oh, federal connected. agencies yeah, to buy American, comma, hire American. Uh, and then, yeah. And then hire he, American. And then he said, it, Trump called out Canada claiming trade deals impede Wisconsin's dairy farmers. 
<laughs> so yeah. he, yes, well, he's signing that order. Then he is when he talks shit about the dairy. We're go, we're going to stand up for our dairy farmers in Wisconsin. That demands really immediately fair trade with all our trading partners, and that includes Canada, because in Canada, some very unfair things have happened to our dairy farmers, and we're going to start working on that. There are 37 million people in Canada with all that open land. And I'm sorry, I've never heard of a demand for Canadian cheese or milk. Like, to where it's advertised, where it's like, come to, you know, like, it's not like some French cheese or some shit or some, you know, homemade mozzarella or some shit. This is, really? That's that's our biggest problem right now as far as trade? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not. <laughs> but check this out. Trump order Trump's order calls for a crackdown on H-1B visas and stronger enforcement yes. of laws that determine the entry of foreign workers into the United States. The directive calls on the Departments of Justice, Labor, the Departments of Justice, Labor, and Homeland Security and state to crack down on any abuse in the system in an effort to protect workers. These visas are generally granted to foreign workers with a bachelor's degree or higher who work in specialty occupations. Science, engineering, and information technology are listed as the U.S. citizenship and immigration. Uh, but, but right, but if, if unless I misunderstand this, it doesn't change the law when it comes to H-1B visas. It just says... I want you guys to crack down on this. But what, is, what to, does it mean? Crack down on these visas. All right. Apply so the current stop law. Stop issuing them. Stop being so lax. Is mm-hmm. the accusation? I don't know if they're being lax or not, but we need to look at this more. The, you know, that's that's the Trump thing. We need to look at this. You know, I'm here. AFL CIO president he, loved it, so the union's on yeah, board. Yeah, I know. I know quite a because well, they subcontract all their shit. I'm, I'm going to say I know a handful of people who've lost their jobs to, to workers on those visas. And the bitch of it is is that a lot of times whole departments were fired. A few people were retained to train the people coming in on those visas. And then when those people were trained up to the company satisfaction, they let the old people go. So, I mean, that's one of the issues I've heard about those visas. Another one was uh, some talking head. They didn't really let him go into it. He was trying to draw a conclusion between workers here in this country on that visa and sending money back home to supply uh, terrorist organizations. So I think that one was a shot in the dark. But I know know the other one. I know people that's actually happened to. And, yeah, it usually is information technology, engineering, something along those lines. And this isn't Mexican people coming over. This is like my buddy who works at Detroit Diesel. It was a bunch of Germans that come over that took over part of their engineering facility. Yeah. I mean, so people can get pissy about Mexicans and shit. This isn't Mexicans. These are Look, people from developed countries who have education coming over here. I'm, I, I don't want to. I don't want to throw shade at anybody that, that you know. I'm not talking shit directly about these people that you're referencing that lost their jobs but in general if you I think there's a lot of entitlement and just US workers getting soft and thinking that their jobs are already going always going to be safe and there for them that causes them to lose jobs to foreigners who come in hungry and ready to work and don't have this entitlement they understand that it's something that you constantly have to work for, and especially when you're talking about 
stuff like engineering, it's a constant learning process. You don't get your degree, you're an engineer, and then you never pick up a book in your life. I not, now I know how to engineer everything for the rest of my 50 years working. You have, there's constant changes. And you, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like being a doctor. You are never yeah, stopping yeah. the learning process. You have to keep up with the latest technology, the current terms that are being used, whatever it may be. So, I mean... Well, real quick, are, I just want to—I just want to address what you had said. Yeah. The problem is the perception is is that a lot of these American workers are getting lazy; they don't want to do the work. So the companies are bringing in people who will do the work. That's the perception. Okay. The the reality is they're bringing in people who will do the same amount of work for less money, less okay, benefits. That, I, I can't argue with you on that. I'm sure that's a major factor. I mean, that's. That's more of the reality of the situation than a bunch of people standing around going, "I don't want to fucking work." That's that's I've I, I, I've worked in I've worked in environments where I'm in a factory. If half the factory stops working, that factory shuts down very quick. I mean, so they keep that shit running, what you know, however. But just like they bought out people from Fords and and, and Ford and Chrysler and GM years, you know, what was it eight, nine, ten years ago now? And hired a bunch of new people. They hired those people at rates that I I think is good money. I think it's good money to start at fifteen bucks an hour at GM or Ford or Chrysler. If they're going to the train you, fuck yeah. Yeah, and they're going to give you benefits after ninety days in your union. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's a good. I think it's a good starting pay. The old timers are going. That's what I started at nineteen seventy six though. Yeah, well, and it's like yeah. But you have to understand nineteen seventy six anymore. Exactly. Exactly. You, know, you guys thought paying plans a bucket are gone. You guys thought paying a buck and a quarter for a gallon of gas was outrageous, and anything right. over seventy-five cents for a pack of cigarettes was highway robbery. When what? Uh, probably. I don't know. I'll just pull a number out of my ass. Let's say eighty-five percent of the cars in the road were built in America. Back then, that was it? Yeah. Oh, definitely, and they all got shit gas mileage. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, that's why you have all those American auto workers that were able to make good money and everyone was employed because everyone was driving American because at the time we made better cars and then we got soft. We said we didn't have to make better cars with better mileage because what are people going to do? Not buy American cars? <laughs> See, the Japanese uh, showed up and went, hey, look, 30 miles hey. to the gallon. Right. You see, you and then say it was soft. Carter and gung ho, and <laughs> you you say soft. I wonder if it's because the focus went from. When I say soft. Focus, I mean with a W. Soft. <laughs> but I I wonder if it's because the focus went more from from the top down. Hey, we have to build the best product possible and put it out there to stay ahead of the competition. To well, we've already pretty much got our market share and staked it out. Now, how do we maximize profits, and what corners can we cut? Right. I mean, that's that's really that's the problem. That's why I have such an issue with people who just like you know, oh, I trust my corporate masters more, and I trust the government. It, they're both equally untrustworthy, and they're both motivated by greed. People at the top of corporations, if they think they can, you know, get an extra couple hundred thousand in their bonus. Yeah, they're going to cut 4,000 jobs here and 5,000 jobs there. They're not even going to think twice about that. But what is that doing to actually further the company, to better the product they're producing? I think 
I think seventies, late seventies, and definitely the eighties with the auto industry here in Detroit pretty much taught us uh, we go to shit. I mean, when gas is high, all of a sudden people want cars to get better gas mileage. When when the price goes back down, everybody wants to drive these SUVs and these big ass. I'm sorry, you have a small penis trucks. <laughs> It's well, like, did you learn anything from the last time the gas was up to three fifty a gallon? It's not going to always be a buck twenty five to two fifty, whatever you think it's going to be. Those those days are gone. We artificially kept our gas prices where they were for a long time. Right. But people yeah. don't realize that. I, I I think I had mentioned this before, but I I got cable and internet at my new place. Went through Comcast because that was. Practically my only option, especially if I wanted super reliable internet. Their service is the actual, not customer service, but their actual service. The internet itself, the cable, anything that I want from it, been rock solid. I also get Wi-Fi just about anywhere I go, and, and that's pretty kick-ass too. I have no complaints about that. Customer service, eh, but that's a lot up from me 10 years ago saying, I will never fucking do business with you again before I hung up the phone. They had to I, change their name. They were right. so synonymous with shitty customer service. Right. Hey, we're but Xfinity guess, now. I know you're still fucking Comcast. You can't, well, you can't even, fucking t- they didn't. They changed the name, but not a whole lot changed during the name change. I think since then, they've gotten continually better as a company, and it's because of Hulu, Netflix, PS TV now, uh, Slingbox, whatever yeah, the fuck they don't else. Have that, they don't have to. They don't have that electric company attitude anymore. They hey, have, uh, what, else, and, what other TV are you gonna watch? You gonna go buy rabbit ears? They have. They can't have that attitude anymore. An actual highly competitive market to operate in. Now, if in that situation, a company like Comcast persists and continues to have shitty service and shitty customer service, they should go under. If a car company refuses to understand what, it, it, what its customers need and anticipate that and think ahead of the market like anybody in any business has to do, they deserve to go under. And it's the same thing when you. Oh, no, it, the government bills now that out. we're now that we're in a global economy, you have to apply that same thing. If you're going to be outproduced, outmaneuvered by a foreign company, a foreign worker, whatever the fuck it is, that's the reality of the situation. And by protecting people from those things happening, that's how you continue to have poor products poorly run businesses and pissed off customers that will go to the global economy that can get anything they want shipped from Amazon right to their doorstep anyway. Out here, I get Amazon Eats. They bring you food to eat. I don't know if I'm breaking up on your end, but you guys are breaking up coming into me. I think I got to call back real quick. Well, hey, I got to go because I still have to go back and work another hour and a half. Maybe an hour. Okay. Um, well, wh- so you guys can, you, you know, I can peace out. You guys can wrap it up and put a bow on it. It's twelve thirty. I gotta put my kids to sleep. So why don't you sign us out? Yeah, I have to work oh. tomorrow morning as well. So, all right, cool. 
Well, hey, thanks everybody who has been downloading, who has been sharing, who has been retweeting, following us on Twitter at Unregimented Pod. I see the numbers, man. Like we're on pace. Like every, it's not hyperbole, people. Every month is better than the last. So, yeah, we're, you're. Thank you. You can email us unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net. Uh, we are on Instagram at unregimented. Just unregimented on Instagram. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, net is just where you need to go. That's all you need to do. And make sure you write a review, rate us, all that fun stuff. Just spitballing here because I've been uh, working and I have to go back to work. So, with that being said, we'll see you next week. All right. Later, all right. guys. See ya. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net and thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.